Alright, let's get it started right like this. This is Rash in the motherfucking morning. Matter of fact, no. This is Rash in the goddamn divisional. Rash of the divisional round. Let's hop right into it. So what game what what game do you want to hear about first? Cause we got plenty to start off with. We can go with the matter of fact, this is how we're gonna start. Philly finally got cheesed. Yep. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're going with. Okay, but uh, on the real tip, the Philadelphia Eagles fell to the New Orleans Saints yesterday, 24, I mean, 20 to 14, sorry about that, by a great game led by Drew Brees and company. Now, going into the game, I this well, okay, let me just give you a little run. This is what I normally do. I say who I thought was going to win why I felt the certain team lost or why the other team won you know things along that line just you know I don't really get into speculate I talk about what Rash wants to talk about anyway the score was 20 to 14 number one thing I noticed um ooh, okay besides the blatant drop pass by Alshon Jeffrey um well, okay, here's the obvious one. Michael Thomas of the Saints had 171 yards. That'll probably lose you the game. You know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a coach or NFL, NFL coach or anything, but if I take a guess, one player getting 171 yards catching, probably not going to win. Just saying. Anyway, realistically, though, the Eagles played the Eagles played their usual game. They got out to a 14-0 lead to start off the game because of an interception from Drew Brees on the opening play. Where they struggled with the most was the running game. And I wouldn't say this next thing isn't a struggle, but something that you just got to understand about Nick Foles. What I noticed in that game, Nick Foles did not throw checkdowns. Like, not really at all. Or... If not, or if you disagree with that, he didn't throw checkdowns when he needed to, because he kept taking shots. And to, and to be fair, he was he was landing a lot of those shot plays. All Sean Jeffrey was eating. Zach Earth, they were making plays for him. Uh, Golden Tate, they were making plays. But when you take risk like that, you get burned. And Marshawn Lattimore caught two interceptions on the, in that game. Which mostly derailed them, and they struggled running the ball the whole entire game. They couldn't run the ball. That's pretty much been their Achilles heel for the majority of the season, or at least until Jay got hurt. And you could tell here, now, their defense is very good. Their defense played great, but the simple fact that they had to keep getting on the field, it's going to tire them out. Look, I'm going to keep it 100 this game should have been a bigger lead for the Saints. They got a lot of plays called back due to penalties. And, you know, to be fair, they got they can't have penalties. you got to execute. But there were a lot of plays. They had a lot of well-put-together plays that they should have scored on and got called back. So people are going to say, well, the Eagles could have easily won this or say the Saints are still struggling. But Rash don't agree. Rash don't agree. I feel like playing, having to play the Rams next week is the perfect matchup for them. And I think they're going to win. I think I think they have the team to win to beat them overall. And they already beat them once. And they're not going to make the mistakes Dallas did. Anyway, speaking of Dallas. You know what? Actually, I, I want to... 
I want to I talk to you Dallas fans for a quick second. I just want to give you, hold on, to all you Dallas fans. Congratulations. You won a playoff game for the first time since before I was born. Yeah. Anyway, to be fair, the Cowboys were defeated by the LA Rams by a score of 22 to 30. Now, to be totally fair, Dak Prescott played, I'd say, kind of well. He played pretty well. However, if you're trying to sit here and wonder why your team or just the Cowboys in general, why they lost this game, their best player had 40 yards of rushing, which would be the equivalent of a receiver having pretty much one catch for like 10 yards or something. It not exactly that, but you get the fucking point. Look, your best player struggles. It's going to be hard for you to win. Now, granted, Amari Cooper did make several plays to keep them in that game. You notice they shut down an aspect of their offense. And this is what I was trying to say earlier in the season. Okay, the Cowboys traded for Amari Cooper. Cool. You now have an elite receiver. Just like every other good team in the NFL, you have one good receiver. That's some At some point, that's going to catch up with you. Alright, calm down. I know what you're about to say. Michael Gallup had 100-something yards. Who was Michael Gallup, sir? What happened when Michael Gallup faced up against Marshawn Lattimore when they faced a good secondary? You, 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 I mean, well, I'm talking about the Saints. I mean the Rams. When they played a good team. And another thing, I want to say this real quick. When they ran the ball, it seemed like they kept trying to run away from Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue. So I think that was one of their other problems too. They kept trying to run like an outside zone, like kind of away from him. And every time they did, Aaron Donald would just break the line and get a tackle for loss. Uh, overall, I just didn't think the Cowboys had enough juice to win the game. Just, just to be straight up about it, they can kind of pass the ball under certain circumstances. They can run the ball pretty well, but they can't play from behind and. Proof is in the pudding. They couldn't win from behind. If they had to play from behind, they won't win. Straight up. And that's why the Rams are advancing to play the Saints in the NFC Championship. Now, I know there were a few more games, but they just seemed like blowouts. So, I guess I'll just run through them. Colts Colts were defeated by the Chiefs 31-13. Uh... Felt like the Colts came out stagnant on offense to start off, and they just never had a chance to get in the game. They were already out of it before it was even. Ah, excuse me, that's my coffee. Yeah, you know. Anyway, they were already down 14-0. They couldn't get nothing going on offense. And to give the Chiefs credit, they they the defense played a lot better than I expected. They they gave it to Andrew Luck when they needed to. Early in the game, threw off his whole rhythm. And then Patrick Mahomes got smoking on his side of the ball. So next week, they were going to play the Patriots, who defeated the Chargers 41-28. I don't remember the Chargers scoring 28 because I turned the game off after like halftime. 
So to me, this the final score is 35-6 or 35-7. Because that's a, that's the score I saw at halftime and I literally just turned the game off. I was just like What 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 are we what are we doing here? See, and I and I picked the Chargers too, which is just like baffling. Now granted, okay, maybe they don't beat the Patriots, but 35-7? Before halftime now? Like, really? Uh, to be told, I'm disappointed in Chargers, to be honest. I just, I just expected more. Like, they, it's like they completely flatlined as soon as they hit the Patriots. And it's frustrating, because I'm not a fan of the Patriots, just like a lot of other people. No, but, uh, game got a recognized game. Coach Belichick coached a really good game. They didn't, they didn't go away from what they did, no matter who they played. All they, they take what the defense gives them, no matter what. They take those checkdowns, they take those throws, and if you give Tom Brady time, this is your worst nightmare. If Tom Brady can step up in the pocket, because if he steps up in the pocket and lets that thing rip, you're probably gonna get burned for 50 yards. It's a pretty good guarantee. Um, all in all, gotta give credit to where credit is due. Patriots. They killed, uh, They went out there and killed it. Another first round bye. Another win for them. Now, um, going into the game versus the Chiefs. I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. Because one thing Belichick does extremely well is he nullifies your best target. So me thinking about this, you know, like a logical person. The Chiefs have Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, who doesn't get talked about for some odd reason, because he's incredible. They no longer have Kareem Hunt, but that doesn't mean they don't have a running game at all. They know how to they know how to work things around, and they also have Sammy Watkins. So if I'm Belichick, probably gonna try and let you beat me with Sammy Watkins, because you don't want to see. But you're probably gonna have to pick Kelsey or Hill. The problem is. Tyreek Hill can burn you over the top, and that's one thing I don't think the Patriots will ever allow. I don't think they're going to allow themselves to get beat over top. If anything, listen, listen, I think I have a theory. I think I have a theory. I think they're going to let Travis Kelsey get the ball for the most part, but they're going to only let him get, like, dig routes or ends. Like, they're only going to give him, like, 10-yard routes or 5-yard routes. I think Travis Kelsey gets the ball a lot. And Tyreek Hill is a no-show. However, see, I can't see. I don't even know if I should pick if I should still pick the Chiefs, because now I think the Patriots are going to win. If you look at it, running the ball and pe- the Patriots are better. Well, no, okay. Let's let's be clear about one thing. Patrick Mahomes does have 50 touchdowns on the season, so we can't just overlook that. But in this game. James White had a, had 100 yards, and then Sony Michelle had three touchdowns. So they had a double run, a double run. The way they, just the way they moved the ball, it's to me compared to every other team is unorthodox. I think they have a scheme that know that works, and they're going to keep running that scheme. And there's no there's no real counter to their scheme. It's discipline. It's all discipline. I think I think I'm having an epiphany right now. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out this Patriots team and what they're about for so long. Cause it really is a mystery in itself. 
what I don't know what it is I think I think what I just said I think I'm on to something now anyway enough enough about the team that's been going to the AFC championship game for the last eight years let's talk about something else So I just want to let you guys know, update you guys on the Fraud of the Year Awards. Our final matchup is between the Green Bay Packers and the Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings for the final Fraud of the Year Award. And I think it's going to be a close one. But whoever wins that will have to face the Fraud of the Postseason of the Year. Now, okay, this might be a little complicated because it's... January and the fraud of the year was, you know what, I don't care. Rash does what he wants. So anyway, if you want to find out who qualifies to be the fraud of the postseason to face the Vikings or the Packers in the fraud of the year award finals, you can vote now and follow my Instagram at Grandmaster Rash. That's at Grandmaster Rash for more information and find out who will be a true fraud. Uh, I kind of don't want to end it here, but I'm trying to think of NBA news. Let's see. Uh, James Harden has been dropping 40 points the last five games. Well, not five. Over the past week or two, he's been dropping some crazy numbers. I mean, that's cool, but I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not falling for this James Harden thing. He's great. I'm not saying that, but I'm not falling for it because in the postseason, I've seen it too many times. I saw it last year, I saw it the year before that, the year before that, the year before that, and the year before that. Okay, are you, are you, am I the only one that's noticing this pattern here of James Harden not performing in the final, in the playoffs to up to par to what we expect based on what he's shown in the regular season? Now, let me ask you a question. I know this is a a podcast and I'm really supposed to be answering questions and doing topics. But let me ask you, the people, let me ask you a question. Why is it that this individual can score so many points and do all these great things in regular season, but when he hits the playoffs, it just doesn't seem to work? Don't you find that odd? There's nothing striking here is strange. Or is it because he doesn't get as many stupid foul calls and he can't get to the line as much? And because of his such high usage rate, he gets gassed out by the third quarter and or the second series. Whichever one you want to consider it. Anyway, point being, it's cool. I'm, I'm over it. All I care about is my thunder. And my thunder just got 56 points dropped on them by a 6'11 big man by the name of Marcus Aldridge. So that's where we're at in the season, but it's okay. I think, I believe the Thunder are fourth in the West right now. It's a lot of season left to go, but I I think we'll be okay. Let's see. uh, Early rookie of the year pick, Luka Doncic. Luka. This dude, this dude Luka Doncic is is something else. He's, I don't even know what to even compare him to. He's like... It's like Manu, low-key. He reminds me of Manu. I used to get excited for Manu just because of the foreign style and the technique. I know all you kids just like seeing people shoot threes, but, uh, you know, once upon a time, there was actually, you know, technique and moves and all this, you know, cool stuff that went into playing the game of basketball. But, you know, shooting threes is cool, too. But, you know, I, you know I'm just rambling. Let me chill. 
I'll stand corrected. We're number three in the West. Let's fucking go, baby. My bad. I'm sorry. But to, to get back to the Rockets for a second, like, we, we know this game, and I'm not even going to talk. You know what? I am going to talk about it. Let's talk about Chris Paul for a second. What is something that you've noticed about Chris Paul over the last several years in the playoffs? Just something, just something odd just seems to happen year after year after year. And it's unfortunate because I would love for somebody to beat the, uh, the Warriors, but it would just appear that it can't be done. I've been saying it in the, I said it in the summer. I said it when the NBA first started. And I'm going to say it here. No team can beat the Warriors four times. That's it. That's it. And I'm going to end it on that note. So, if you enjoyed this episode I had for today, still trying to figure out how you came to that conclusion, but that's fine. You know, I appreciate you. Uh, tune back in next week. We'll, we'll have some more news on whoever wins this weekend. To say one more time, I have the Saints and the Chiefs, or possibly the Patriots, in the Super Bowl. Early pick, early hot take. Let's go. Let's go. I also have my second novel coming soon, a part of the trilogy that I've been working on, Reign of the Fallen, the sequel to the short and sweet action-packed Storm Cry you can pick up on January 26th on Kindle and or paperback. You can check out how I've created a world, a very intricate world of one's resurgence from the bottom. Because everyone loves a good comeback story, right? Especially when real life tragic events are carefully placed in between them. Ah, that's great, isn't it? Anyway, this is Rash in the Morning. I would say it's been real, but... Yeah, no, I'm out. Hey, quick interruption here. You like my podcast? You like hearing me ramble? But you kind of get tired of me hearing me ramble? See, you don't have to because podcasts aren't the only thing I do. I don't just have quick hot takes, sporadic thoughts. I write novels, which are well thought out, concise wording. And me in particular, I like to put that with a plethora of action and fighting scenes. With plenty of action and shit talking. Because what's a good fight? Without shit talking. My latest book is about the journey of Zimrachi, plunged into the dark underworld of the land of storms, facing the darkness of his brother tragically being cut down in the midst of his life. He leaves his homeland, facing the cruel world of of the land of storms, as he searches for the flame for combat he once had. Alone, he walks his journey until one day the Contessa appeared offering him the opportunity of a lifetime. He was given a chance for the justice him or his family was never given. And now the ugly truth the ugly truths of the world he can uncover and regulate himself. Before Zenrachi and Katessa became sworn enemies, would they lose lose themselves dancing along the edge of sanity? In the midst of dark truths, will they find the truth about themselves? The secrets of a fragmented past that's now created a downpour of chaos? 
Reign of the Fallen is my second novel, the sequel to the first, Stormcry, a part of a series that I call the Storm Series. The third and conclusion of it is coming soon, but you could pick up the second one and first one on Amazon and Kindle. I'm really proud of this second one. I really enjoyed writing it. I think you will too. Um, double the length of the first one. I really tried to expand upon the world and the characters that I created myself. I wouldn't cons It's definitely action adventure and fantasy, but I consider it mythology also. Except there's no mythology. It's not based off of mythology. It's one that I created on my own. And I think it's something that will take time to uncover, but I think it'll be really interesting. So like I said, Amazon and Kindle. Another option if you don't feel like hearing me talking for another 20 minutes. So why not go check it out? Until we meet again, this is Rash. I'll check you later.